So how do you attract new business so you constantly don't have to chase it? Hi, I'm Mike Cuevas, the Real Estate Marketing Dude, and this podcast is all about building a strong personal brand people have come to know, like, trust, and most importantly, refer. But remember, it is not their job to remember what you do for a living, it's your job to remind them. Let's get started. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude Podcast. Oh, my goodness, folks. Um, if you saw the title of the show, I mean, you just got to be a badass. You got to be a badass right now. That's the name of the game, because times like these are times when you have to double down. Um, business isn't as easy as it was 20 months ago, 24 months ago, and 90% of you have never seen a shift in the in your careers yet because we haven't had one since 2012. And we're riding on this market, and there's not a lot of p- people out there telling you what to do when the shift happens. So that's sort of been the theme of our show the last few months here. Actually, I don't know, last few episodes. What do you do in this market? And we want to try to add as much value as possible. So we get pitched to be on the show every day, guys, and um, I get a lot of cool stories. And the one that we have today is very cool. And I thought it'd be very appropriate to have on this show, especially with market conditions, because I think um, some of you need a kick in the ass. And uh, I think she's going to be able to do that for you today. So um, without further ado, I do want to introduce my guest. She's got quite a compelling story and she's a badass. So um, properly introduced, uh, Miss Stephanie Boyd. How are you, Stephanie? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Mike. Why don't you tell everybody uh, who are you, where are you from, and what are you known for? (laughs) Well, let's see. I am from a little town in California called Sacramento. We happen to be the state capital. Um, And I am a, uh, I like to joke that I'm a teenage grandma. So I started out as a single teenage mom years ago. um, And I was always kind of a rebel and just kind of did things my own way. So I went ahead and started college at 16 Got a, my first kick-ass job as a criminal investigator um, just as I was turning 21. And um, I just walked straight out of my college career into a very heavily uh, male-dominated career of law enforcement criminal investigations um, where my job was to go into the ghetto and interview all the murderers, friends, and families and or whatever other crime my client was charged with so i was representing the defense and um people would always ask me if i was armed as i went to these interviews and i definitely never was i thought about carrying a concealed weapon but i just really always relied on my wit and charm to get me in the door to make friends with my adversaries i suppose you could call them um and so that experience really trained me quite well to join the world of real estate when I decided to uh, get my real estate license in 2000 and join my family's real estate company. I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that door knocking didn't scare you too much. Um, no, while it has, there have been times where it's not my favorite thing to do, but I'm sure everybody goes through that. Um, but as far as being scared to or timid or nervous to knock on that door no because nothing is worse than um you know 
a victim behind the door of some terrible crime that I have to talk to. So if I don't have to deal with that and I'm just dealing with a homeowner who may or may not want to sell their house or refinance or whatever the case may be, uh, much less stress, much lower risk involved. Um, I mean, yeah, people hardly ever Such get a yeah, I mean, like, and so many people right now, and, and look, the, the industry's tough right now, it really is. I mean, I was talking to some of my mortgage broker friends, and I mean, they're getting crushed. Um, oh, yeah. And they're, and they're, and you know, everyone's just, when you get down a little bit like this, on the other hand, like, you know, look at your former job. I mean, we're looking at like cool houses and stuff, and then people are getting down on themselves. You're having to deal with like people, eyewitnesses, murders. You know, like that's just probably a great mindset to have to to tackle on this industry because right now it is tough. Um, and so you just went from being a criminal defense um researcher, attorney, investigator, investigator to freaking going right into real estate. And um, what kind of those skills do you still use today? Because that's pretty cool. I've not met anybody who's gone into that. You can almost be like your real estate detective. Um, yeah, exactly. Well, as a like... matter of, yeah, really. And during my career as an investigator, <clears throat> the thing that got me interested in real estate, well, other it was my family's company, of course, but I would call my mom a lot to have her help me stalk people through real estate records. So she had access to all the property, the tax records, she could find the owners. If I had like a guy I was looking for who didn't want to talk to me, I'd find out who his landlord was and go start putting the pressure on his landlord. And so it kind of did translate um, rather nicely into a real estate detective job, um, which is kind of what we have to do now in this market is a bit of sleuthing around, um, yeah. find those distressed properties, yep. see what kind of solutions we can help come up with, you know? Um, I think you hit the nail on the head right there, folks. If you're not paying attention when these markets shift, uh, like there's going to be distress. Um, I forget who's, I think it was on our show um, or maybe I was on someone else's show, but um, someone just passed along the data about the 60 to 90 day, day lates that are coming down the pipeline. Um, and it was in Phoenix in particular, but they're the highest that uh, we've seen in quite some time. And that's just sort of the writing on the wall. Like the rates are still going up. The cost of living isn't going down. And um, it's something that you could be, you should be concerned with, right? And if this economy and the stock market does what I think it's going to do, but you know, that's my opinion, um, people are going to be having problems, but she's focusing on distress. I'm doing the exact same thing. I think that the distressed market is where it never fails. Uh, there's a reason why all the real estate investors are just sitting at the on the sidelines, salvitating, waiting for the shoe to drop. What's your opinion on that? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think a lot of them are overextended and they're either salivating or crapping their pants uh, as, they, as they lose it, you know, because um, <clears throat> a lot of these folks went out and bought multiple properties um, when rates were low. And now, you know, for whatever reason, I mean, obviously, COVID did a lot of weird things to the economy and to jobs and moved a lot of people out of their office buildings and commercial properties to go work remote and companies folded and everything else. So, um, you know, uh, a lot, there's definitely investors waiting to lap up the rewards of that. Um, and then there's also equal numbers of investors losing their shit because they're overextended and they 
can't make the payments on everything. They're not getting the rent that they want for the first time in years in my market here in Sacramento. Rents are actually starting to go down over the past six Interesting. months. Hmm. Um, so, you know, it's uh, everyone's going to start feeling the crunch and the, you know, unfortunately, hopefully everybody that could qualify for their first time home went out and got one where when rates were in the twos. And they're just going to sit there, which it looks like they're doing because there's no inventory in that market. Uh, and with rates in the sixes and sevens on those purchase prices that are already high, you know, a lot of first time buyers are just really priced out of the market. But um, yep. definitely um, investors are waiting for prices to come down. I mean, if we see a repeat of what happened after the subprime mortgage meltdown you know we're gonna see prices come down significantly they've already started to they've pretty much returned to their pre-pandemic levels here you know they shot up during the pandemic really uh and they're about you know i mean it varies based on neighborhood and zip code and everything else you know but we're we're coming down to the pre-pandemic levels and um as I mean, that's what the Fed is trying to do with their rate increases is yeah. basically but, crash the economy. They have to bring the prices down in they, order. To he literally inflation. he literally said we need to crash the real estate market like out of their mouths, guys. Yeah, they're trying to raise the the, the, the rates because they need it to slow down. I remember like the real estate market is 25 percent of people directly or indirectly employed in the United States. Um, some way, shape or form, you got title reps, builders, contractors, everything's tied to real estate. So much of it. Um, yeah. but so I, I, I hear what you're saying. I think, um, being, and you're also in the lending world too, just so everybody knows she gets the real estate end, end of it, but she also understands loans and mortgages, um, end of, end of things. And what I'm hearing you say is that you're focusing on distressed. Yeah. Um, a lot of people need a bailout of one way or another. I mean, the banks are getting bailed out right and left and who knows how that's going to effect and trickle down to the rest of us but essentially a lot of people are going to need a bailout and so you can you know find distressed properties uh through the physical signs as you drive around as you walk around in your neighborhood um title companies can get you those lists of data uh to find the pre-foreclosures and everything and then it's just really about making relationships with those people yeah um you know, making friends with your mailman and he keep, I mean, my mailman lets me know everything that's going on in my neighborhood market <laughs> with who's losing their house, who's about to go down. Uh, he chats with people all over the city. And so it's um, my little secret that I keep in touch with my mailman to find out uh, Here who, I, who I need to go talk to. You said something that I'm not sure if you guys picked up on, um, but it's true. This is a real problem right now is with the rates at like, what, what are they at? What's the rates today? Seven. Oh, I mean, it depends on, you know, if borrower paid, lender paid, but yeah, with no points, no fees, we're in the sevens with, so you know, 7% and all these people who locked in and just in the last year and a half, two years ago, locked in at what? 2%. Oh none, yeah, none I of them. One point seven five on investment properties on a fifteen year loan. I did at the height of the pandemic. How big it, of an issue is this, in your opinion? Because no one can move. 
Like you're oh, not going to yeah. be able to replace that. If you replace that property, you're going to end up with something less desirable than probably fits your lifestyle today. I mean, unless you're downsizing, yeah. um, or moving out majority, of California. I well, mean, that's, that's where a lot, a lot of, of it, relocating, yeah. you know, but what's interesting in my market is we're not seeing the inventory reflect a mass exodus, but people are still continuing to talk about this mass exodus. People are still, you know, the markets back East in, Oh, what do you, Kentucky, Ohio, Kansas, Tennessee, you know, Texas. I mean, the less popular places, people are still finding affordable deals out there. But the more popular places, prices have come up in response to people leaving California and heading out down south slash east. Um, but we're not seeing huge inventories uh, as people continue to leave here. So I guess they're renting out their houses for high rents, even though the rents are coming down. They're still, you know, relatively unaffordable for most people. Um you know, $1,800 for a two bedroom apartment in Sacramento. Uh, my son moved back to Ohio recently to rent a two bedroom apartment for $795 or something, maybe $695. Jeez. So, you know, it's three times more to just pay rent out here. And yeah. of course, the housing prices are high, much more than that. So, another thing she said, guys, is she says uh, she's focusing on people's problems, she's not focusing on her transaction count, her commission count. She's not sitting there tallying up the sales board to see who's number one this month. She's focused around helping people that have problems first and foremost. And um, I've been the last few shows, we've been saying that we're like focus on serving others first and foremost, focus on the problems they have and be the one that could provide that solution to those problems because uh, that's what makes you different. Anyone could sell a house, but um, markets like these are hand to hand combat. You got to be able to go and 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 know where the deals are going to be, and I highly agree with that. Uh, focus on the investor niche, not only just um, the people who are selling, but the investors who buy, because that I believe is going to be a big niche. And anyone who's going to stay in that market, stay in that niche over the next 12, 18 months, um, I think you're gonna you're gonna take territory. I think you're gonna take brand, and uh, you're gonna succeed very well in this market. The ones who are gonna get their ass kicked are the ones who got their ass kicked in 2007, and those are the ones who didn't adjust. And there was a whole lot of them and they didn't, yeah. they didn't adjust to REO. They didn't adjust to short sale. They just kept on being the traditional agent waiting for John and Jane to come down the house, have a kid and move out to the fucking suburbs. It's not how these work in these markets. I'm not saying don't market your database. I'm all about that. Market your database, stay in front of that network, generate that business. When it comes, just be ready. Um, but in first of, in terms of niching down all in on distressed. Yeah. What is um, maybe what is distress your, though? Uh well, so a lot of areas it depends on your regulations, but uh there could be taxes owed on the property. So um in California you have to go five years without paying your taxes before it goes to a lien sale. But in Texas, they only wait 12 months. You didn't pay your taxes, we're selling your house. Get out. Uh and other states have like tax lien certificates. So you go in and you invest and you buy these certificates that you get a certain amount of interest on. And some of it's quite high, like 24% interest in, oh, I don't remember which state, but uh, so then you're kind of gambling on whether this person's going to pay you back or pay the county back or whether you're going to get it to buy this house and 
evict this person and take their property from them with the tax lien certificate. So there's those, there's foreclosures. Uh, there are landlords who didn't get any rent for two years during the pandemic. So this is happening more and more, um, I think, where you know the, all the moratoriums have now ended. Uh, tenants are, you know, I mean, I think they've been paying rent again for a while, but there's been a backlog in the court process, in the eviction process, in the foreclosure processes. All of the chickens are coming home to roost for uh, a lot of these properties. So how, uh, how big do you think that market is? Like from those moratoriums and all that, like, is it gigantic? Is it? I mean, I hate to be doom and gloom, but I think it's going to just get bigger and bigger because um, a lot of those investors are in adjustable rate type of situations with their mortgage on those properties. Um, there's just so many factors out there that are unpredictable and just uh, the jobs, the inflation this all of these unprecedented conditions are like coming together and i don't see how it's not going to be worse than 2008 hmm. i would love for someone to convince me otherwise but um the banks collapsing is not a good sign there's just so many things that point to disaster <laughs> catastrophe uh, I don't disagree with you at all. Um, and it's, I it, laugh to keep it's refreshing. From crying. It's just, um, I want to, I want to be all unicorns and rainbows and everything, but, um, yeah, uh, it's, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. And I think people have been saying that for a while and it's still true that it's going to continue to get worse before it's going to get better. Um, you know, worldwide, things are not good. The uh, the central bank introducing a digital currency very quietly concerns me quite a bit. Uh, Saudi Arabia and Iran making friends over in Syria and trading for gas and Chinese currency is a bit concerning. Mm -hmm. So, you know, all of these things really, if we're honest, point to a real problem of the currency collapsing and nobody knows what happens when the currency collapses because they've been propping it up for so long. They've been bailing out these banks. They've been, and we're paying for it. A regular tax paying U S citizens. We've been paying for it uh, the whole time. And you know, it's they, if you want to know the truth, it pisses me off. They talk about this 4% inflation that we're at. And we want to get it down to 2%. I don't know if you listened to Jerome Powell's comments. It sounded like maybe you did. He mentioned the 2% target inflation rate about 19 million times. And, you know, he talked around it and basically threw in there how we're going to have to crash this thing to get to that. But if you really look at inflation as it practically applies to our lives, like I don't know how they get this 4% number. Because if you go into the grocery store at Safeway, Things are like 50% higher than they were uh, a year ago. Yep. Uh, gas is, you know, uh, $2 higher than it was three years ago. Uh, that's almost 100% inflation in what I'm paying for gas. The housing market, uh, just for a quick example, my first house I bought in 97 for a little over 100000 and it's worth a little under 700000 now. 
So that's 700% inflation over those years between then and now in the housing market. So where they're, you know, I don't exactly understand their math with these inflation numbers, but it's exponentially worse than they want to admit that it is. It's I agree. Uh, a few months ago, we were, you know, that's what, once they start raising the rates, I was saying, same, same things. Like I'm more worried about the affordability issue, but it's, it's so odd because there isn't an inventory issue yet. Technically we think there should be an inventory issue, but we haven't seen a huge inventory issue. Uh, I mean, in, in surplus, I mean, you'd think we'd have more properties coming on the market, more things happening, but yeah, there's still tight inventory levels, but then, yeah, you're seeing all these other outside circumstances that are there. And um, you know, what we're talking about here, guys, is we're focused on affordability, affordability, and that's where the problem solving thing comes in and how you can use it as an advantage um, during this time. Because um, if what we're saying is uh, is what if what we're saying is accurate, whether you want to agree with us or not, there's going to be a shortage of agents that know how to take on these types of properties and get people out of these situations. And that skill is going to get you paid if you take time to develop it. Definitely. And just being creative and thinking out of the box. Um mm-hmm. Meeting your neighbors, making relationships with people. Um, one way that I get a lot of action is through my volunteering efforts. Um, I meet other volunteers and guess who has time to volunteer? People who are retired or who have, you know, good income, stay-at-home moms, uh, you know, comfortable people who have time to spend a day a month or a day a week or whatever at volunteering. Um Meals on Wheels is one place that I spend some of my time and I just do some outreach in the community, working with other um, agencies, nonprofits, churches who uh, are also trying to come up with solutions to solve the homeless problem, which is a huge crisis in California. I'm sure you're aware. Uh, And I've met tons of people and done tons of refis and business with the networking that I've made through volunteering. Um, and one other interesting market I've noticed is, um, so I've got some marginal borrowers who have marginal credit, but what they have is job history. And so I had a friend slash client call me frantically talking about how her 401k is losing value. And she's been on her job 33 years and she wants to take as much out of her 401k as possible and use it to put a down payment on a house. And therefore in that way, she'll be able to get her payment to what she can afford. Because normally this would be an FHA borrower, three and a half percent down, you know, but with these prices, with these rates, we need to figure out a way to somehow come in with more than three and a half percent in order to hit that affordability that we're talking about. And so the way that she's gonna do it uh, is to, buy a house, you know, a 300,000, 350 house and put 150 down out of her retirement. So she only has a $200,000 mortgage. So, you know, this type of creative solution, um, I mean, it's out there, but a lot of people, they don't want to risk that retirement. They're, uh, you know, they're not comfortable with that. But in this instance, people are watching their retirement accounts lose value and, you know, who knows what's going to be 
going on by the time you're actually ready to retire. And so a lot of people feel like the risk is worth it to go ahead and take the money and run. And at least you know that you have a house to live in in your retirement. And maybe you're going to be getting less of a pension, but maybe that, you know, will equal out in the long run as you secure your financial future through housing. So maybe they buy Makes an sense. investment property with it. You know, may, I think maybe people, uh, I mean, there are lenders who definitely still want to do loans out there, even though the guidelines are tightening, even though the credit is a bit crunched, you know, they're, they, they don't want to go out of business either. They want to find borrowers to get them into these loans. So I'm seeing my wholesale lenders coming up with new products, um, home equity lines of credit that they never offered. I mean, those were out of style for years after the subprime market crashed mm -hmm. and everything. So a lot of, um, you know, new products, there's just a lot of different solutions coming up the pipeline. And as uh, we, I mean, we have to try to proceed as though it's not going to be complete doom and gloom and then prepare for the worst in the back of our minds, you know. Uh, I don't think that the solution is to just crawl in a hole and wait for the apocalypse. Uh, no, you got to keep fighting every single day. You got to be a badass. Yeah, you got um, You got to keep on going. I mean, that's what this, this business is. It's not always easy. You know, it's yeah. not, and neither is any business. Neither, and you guys aren't, you guys aren't salespeople. You're business owners. Ultimately, your broker's job isn't to put money in your pocket. It's yours. So, you know, you have to go out there and win the business. And sometimes that's going to be going after distressed market, buying data, realizing sixty to ninety day late history, knowing where distressed is at, starting to network with a lot of divorce attorneys, probate. Um, foreclosure defense. There's a lot of strategic relationships you could get in, but look, every single thing that we've talked about today focused on problem solving. Those that what I want you to get out of the show is focus on being the world's best problem solver, and you won't have a client problem because people will be coming to you to solve theirs. So don't overthink this business. Be the real estate problem solver. She's the real estate detective. She's going to be very high in demand, and regardless, she's still going to have a business at the end of the day. So adjust with what is out there. You listen to what we're saying. Adjust the business. People still move, okay? People still have babies. People still die. That means people still move. So as long as that happens and people are having babies and people are dying, which last I check happens every day, um, yeah. there are still going to be people moving. But who is moving is what we're saying is probably going to change. The people who are stuck in their homes at that 2% rate, well, they're not going to be as likely to move anytime soon um, than the ones who are just uh you know missed their first mortgage payment yeah or just lost their job or missed their first car payment or have high credit card debt those are where a lot of the investors are concentrating their times uh, i can tell you that's what we concentrate our lead generation efforts at and um it's just um that's where i believe the opportunity is going to be if you're going to chase tra if you want transactions in the next coming months um, focus on the problems. Um, they'll be there. Any closing thoughts? Um, you have Stephanie. Um, well, I like to always remind people that if you're the smartest one in your friend group, it's time to go out and get some new friends. So it's really nice as we go along that everyone loves to listen to us and hear our words of wisdom and everything. But if you want to learn and grow and come up with new ideas, you really have to go out and find people that are smarter than you to hang out with. So 
you know, join some networking groups, find some new smart friends and um, it will make you smarter and yeah. more of a badass. Absolutely. What if they uh, want to follow you uh, website or anything you want to give them? Um, Stephanieboy.com. And I'm on all the usual places, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. Are those the usual places? Yeah, I haven't the- figured out TikTok yet, um, but <laughs> I hear TikTok is where you could go uh, wild and get do, get people come to your website and all of your other social media. So I haven't yeah. gotten into it yet either. Just don't no, have it. I don't have it, on it anymore. I had a couple of videos, but I just haven't. I'm just like, oh, I'm too tired. But yeah, folks, I'm going to try to figure it out. So look for me on TikTok in the future. <laughs> thanks, folks. Thank you for coming. And uh, thank thanks you for, for listening to another us. episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude podcast. Folks, visit our visit our software. Check it out. It's called referralsuite.com. That's referralsuite.com. Visit it. If you like to market your database, stay in front of it. We make referral marketing very freaking simple and content creation very simple all you got to do is give me a couple hours a month and you will be everywhere all of the time uh thanks again for coming on the show and thanks for listening make sure you subscribe follow us on our channels and we'll see you guys next week bye-bye awesome Good times. Thank you for watching another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude podcast. If you need help with video or finding out what your brand is, visit our website at www.realestatemarketingdude.com. We make branding and video content creation simple and do everything for you. So if you have any additional questions, visit the site, download the training, and then schedule time to speak with a dude and get you rolling in your local marketplace. Thanks for watching another episode of the podcast. We'll see you next time.